Welcome to the Random Tea Random Movies Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Jean Young. And today we're talking about Die Hard, motherfuckers. Yippee Kayak. Yeah. Or Yippee Kayak Other Buckets, according nice. to uh, uh, Doyle. Boyle. Boyle. Jesus. Who are you? I know. It's been too long. It's been like a month since I've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, you're lying. Bless you. That was the saddest little. <laughs> oh, that was adorable. Do it again. No, do it again. Up. Stop it. Anywho, hi. So this is our uh, Christmas special. We're back from hiatus, bitches. Yeah. Um, we figured this was something simple and easy to get back into yeah. the um <clears throat> the whole talking on podcast a world. Thing. Um, because we've got, uh, I mean, American Gods comes back in March. Yeah. I still haven't um, wrapped my brain around that yet. Yeah. I'm trying I really to really hope it doesn't suck. It's gonna. Yeah. It's gonna. Yeah. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s not back till almost the summer. I'm actually excited about that. I think that's going to be good. I think the shorter season's going to be good for it. So do I. And, um, while we won't be doing a episode by episode of Gotham, we will be watching it. And we're going to do a wrap-up. That this starts. Is its final season. Yeah, it we're going to do some semblance of a wrap-up. It airs Thursday. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. I'm not yeah. in the right mindset yeah. for that. Yeah. I'm off that night, too. <sighs> Good. So, okay. um So, yeah. But <clears throat> also, we'll be doing Sharp Objects. Yes. As yes. commissioned. Yes, we will actually be doing it. So, yeah, we're trying to get back into uh, back into the swing of things. So, yeah. we're back. We're back. I don't know why, but some people missed us. God help you. You really you, should you, get checked out. <laughs> should really talk to your doctor. <laughs> uh, so die hard. Die hard. I realized, okay, so we picked this movie like, God, I think last year. Or um, early this year. Or early this year. Because um, it's still 2018. Um, and For another three hours. Yeah, we picked this and... We actually, because it turns out it's the 30th anniversary, and so we ended up seeing it in the in the theater. Right before uh, Or like right after Thanksgiving, I right think. Right around Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that was the first time I've actually seen that all the way through. Yeah, it's... I thought I had seen it. Right, see, that's 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 the, the thing you have to understand. It's watching it all the way through. Because that used to be on cable, and you didn't have... DVRs and pausing it and like you know yeah so you'd kid. watch like the first hour then you'd watch and like you the last scene and, and you see seen the, the clips middle. yeah you've seen the yippee ki motherfucker <laughs> you've seen welcome to the party pal you know and so you think yeah. you've seen a movie and so then you see it like actually sit down and purposely watch it all the way through yeah so and um, we just rewatched it. Yeah, we a just few minutes ago. got up off the couch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rewatching it. I think it holds up pretty well, honestly. It does. I think the the storyline, I think the action yeah. actually kind of holds up pretty good. The cinematography was really the good. The cinematography is way underrated on this yeah. movie. The yeah. framing of certain scenes, yeah. the detail in the background Very good. Uh, is excellent. That shirt drives me crazy, though. I know, it does. I, like... <sighs> Okay, I guess f- that it's dirty, but you're right. It's too uniform. It changed from, like, grimy white to, like, Sli- army green. Yeah, it was, like, stark white to a little bloody to army green to, at one point, it was black. Yeah, it was that, and then that went shirt back was to green. weird. However, I do like how it was cons- the, the writing on his arm was consistent. Was more consistent than I expected. Yeah. There were a couple of scenes where it was missing. Because but... that's the kind of stuff that bothers you. Yeah. Because... Your genre. I look for, st- but that's and I'm like, there was an explosion. That's my job, though. Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, yeah, you're you right, you right, you right, you right. 
Um, um, but yeah, like this holds up aside from like the really bad 80s hair. Oh God, the smoking the in the airport. Oh God, that was... At the beginning of the movie, he slights a cigarette inside in the LAX, airport. In LAX, yeah. So this movie was released in 1988. Yeah. And there it goes again. I was five. Oh, honey. E. I was... More than that? More than that. I was 16, 15, 16. Okay, okay. So this could have been date fodder or it could have just completely gone under your radar because you were worried about yeah. teasing your hair and bullshit. But I mean, yeah, yeah, I had that hair. You have You've the hair seen for the pictures. 80s hair. You've seen the, I do have hair for 80s hair. You've seen the pictures though. Oh God, the hair. Uh, yeah, I had so much hair. So, so um, bad hair. <laughs> yeah, we just aged ourselves completely. So yeah, the, the, the clothes and the, and the hair and but shit beyond that, aged it, but like. Outside of that, it's still. And the technology, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they don't have cell phones and then nobody's taking pictures. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's having, using Like the terminal they showed. Uh, yeah. Also, that's not how CB radios work. No, you can't like interrupt somebody and hang up on them. Yeah, CB radios don't actually work to walkie talkies. Um, there's two different signals, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, you can't interrupt somebody. Yeah. You can, well, I mean, you could technically hang up. That actually just has an interruptible face. I mean, yeah. You want to interrupt him. I want to punch it. You want to punch him. I want to punch it. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so I thought, I thought it was actually quite good. Oh yeah. It was more than what I I remembered when I thought I had seen it. I bought it. Yeah. But like. It was cheap on Voodoo for like six bucks or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll watch it again because why not? Uh, so where do we go from here? Uh, you want to do the cast? Don't have my cast? Okay. Yeah. That's how we usually do these random movies because we yeah. cannot do a play-by-play of the plot. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to. I know. So this is in credit order. Okay. Because and if you're new to us, we're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. Oh, yeah. And we make why? swears. Why? why are you listening? I don't know. Why are you here? I don't um, know. So yeah, we're going to go by credit order because that's how IMDb has them. There you go. So we're going to start off with one Mr. Bruce Willis. I always like Bruce Willis. What's your favorite Bruce Willis movie? We'll get to John McClane, but oh, what's God, your favorite? I don't know. Oh, you're going to look? Bruce, Bruce Willis is one of those that I'm like, oh yeah, I like Bruce Willis. And he's it's like name movies in- he's been in and it's like. Everything. <laughs> okay, well, you do that. My okay. favorite Bruce Willis movie is Red. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love Red because it has Helen Mirren in it. I do love and that. And she kicks ass. I love Helen Mirren. It's got Morgan he Freeman. He was in G.I. Joe. Oh, my God. Why did they even make yeah. that movie? I Money. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Money. Oh, God. I mean, this man's been making movies since... Forever. Oh, I'm still scrolling. I feel like he's one of those that he doesn't take himself too seriously, though. No, he doesn't. Like, he's not... Speaking of holding up well... He actually... Willis, yes, he is. He embraced the he embraced the losing his hair thing. He embraced being the action hero. Yep, yep. 1980. Oh, wow. Uh, uncredited, but that's when his career started. I don't know. Probably, yeah, probably Red. Die Hard was early. Die Hard was early. Yeah, it was. It this was the big, the oh, big you, you, uh, boost for his movie career. You, you know, we're uh, one level of separation from Bruce Willis. 
We are? Yes, we are. Because we've met Curtis Armstrong, who was in Moonlighting. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Curtis is such a nice man. Curtis is such an excellent he's human being. Good, he's a good egg. We met him at Con. We did. A couple years ago. Not last year, but the year yeah, before. Yeah, year before. Yeah. yeah. He's a Sherlock. 2017. He is a serious, heavy Sherlock. Like, he's a Baker Street regular and everything. Oh, yeah. He's but like, like he's the a, real he's deal. He's such a nice guy. He's so sweet. He hugged me. Because I told a soppy story. Yes, you did. I did. Chop you. I know. But yeah, no, I like I like Bruce Willis. Like he's one of those that like if he's in and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I would almost watch a movie if it's an action movie. I would just oh, Bruce Willis is in it. Sure, I'll watch it. As long as it's not like I won't do like the Expendables or any of that bullshit. Like I can't get near that. I can't. No. Um. But like that's too much. Almost. Yeah. Like I'm in for it. Bruce Willis. He's a good dude. So John McClane. John McClane. Um, how do we feel about John McClane? He's so fucking done. I like, I like done. his doneness. I do. So I, are, is he like a medium or a, he's not quite well done. At the end, he's well done. Medium well? Yeah. Um, I, John McClane suffers from 80s macho guy. Oh God. But I the do. The boobies. I, yeah, but I do like at the end where you can see that it's like, he's come around on the whole like, my wife can have a career and we can still, oh my God, be married. Did he though? I, I kind of got, I, or did you want to that, see that? That may be me projecting, but I kind of got some growth. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. To me, my perception of it was LA was growing on him that he could still be a cop in LA. Well, yeah, that's the not thing. that his wife like could they have a have career. have cops other places, buddy. But New York is where he knows how to be a cop. Different Whatever. cities have, I mean, I know, you're I right. Know. Different cities have different cop codes. So, like, if I think too hard about that part, I get mad at him. But otherwise, I'm like, you're funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, like, I like John McClane, but, like, I think he'd be one of those guys that, like, you couldn't spend more than, like, 15 minutes with before I'm like, he's a fucking raging misogynist asshole and I hate him. Okay, so, like, the hot chick in the airport. The boobies yeah. in yeah. the back room of the building just, I'm just, like, really... Is but this necessary? But some of that again, I feel like... 80s, it gave him the macho. They didn't know how to write a dude character like that without all that crap. I guess. So, like... And I, I don't put a lot of that on Bruce Willis. That was in the script. I mean, yeah. I don't But, feel I mean, like Bruce was... Willis as an actor, he was great. And um, for as much improv... Impro- Improvisation. That word. That they had to put into this film, I think he did really well. He's always yeah. just a great overall actor. Yeah, yeah. And he plays the, I mean, he is John McCain. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, McClane. That's what I said. John McCain is a totally different dude. Okay. I'm pretty sure he, you could put him in this situation in 1988 and he would have, yeah, you know, John McCain, Senator John McCain. Oh, oh. I'm pretty sure in 88 you could have put him in this situation. Oh, he yeah. Like, you know, he almost, he looks the part too. You right. You right. Yeah. Sorry. John McClane. Um, I mean, he's okay. There's some development from the beginning. He gets he there becomes is. more perceptive. I do like how he's like he sits in the front of the limo with Argyle. Yeah, he talks to Powell immediately. He's not like they they go out of the way to show like he's an everyman type dude. Yeah, like his wife works for this extremely lavish corporate. You know everything's expensive, and he's but he's he, an everyday kind of guy. Yeah, so like. The everyday I, I man. I can, like, respect that. I can respect that. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's John Watson. A little bit, yeah. 
He's angry and he's he shorter. Kind of, yeah. After when John, John Watson is retired. He is John Watson. Come on. Oh, that's funny. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. I have to draw parallels that I understand. So, yeah. So, I enjoyed it. And I liked and I liked Bruce Willis as John McClane. I think he cemented his place in, in you know. Yeah. Movie-dom. I really feel like this movie launched his career. Yeah. Really well. Um, that brings us to Bonnie Bedelia. Yeah. Who plays... Holly Gennaro. Holly Gennaro McLean. McLean, yeah. God, she didn't even use her last name. Yeah. Well, I I get that, though. I do, too. I think if you're threatened by the fact that, like, your wife has a different last name than you, then, like, you probably need to be having some conversations. Yeah, the the taking your husband's name is... I get that it's tradition, but, like, It is, dude, to if a that's point. And problem, if the woman wants to do it, then fine. Yeah. But, you know, why can't that go both ways? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I'm trying to see if she was in a... I don't see her in any other movie that I've ever She's seen. She's one of those that, like, I know her name. It's like, oh, it's yeah, it's Bonnie Bedelia. And, like, she's... I did read that she is Macaulay Culkin's aunt. Oh. And all the, you know, the Culkin kids, because there's, like, 50 of them. Oh, okay. But yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Colkin is her married yeah. name. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> I, I liked her. And I was actually kind of like proud thought, of yeah. this because I looked and she was 40 when this came out. No. And I could have. Oh, my God. I'm really surprised that they didn't go with like the whole like, okay, your wife's 28. Here you go. Kind of a thing. Because you see that so often, especially in action movies. Oh, my movies. gosh. She was several years older than yeah, Bruce Willis. Like, I was nice. pretty proud of them for that. Yeah, they didn't get some hot young girl, which they could have. Yeah. They had several of those in the, in, yeah. in the movie. Uh, but I really so liked her. She stood her ground, mm-hmm. which I thought was excellent. I and thought she had very valid points. Um, with McLean and with Gruber. Yeah, yeah. Um, she handled the Gruber situation well. She was in a leadership role. Yep. You could tell she was a leader. Um, so I, I, I liked her. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I her hair her was too. terrible and the shoulder pads. Good God. It's not her fault. No, it's not her fault. It was, it was the 80s. It was the I times. had shoulder pads in the 80s. I know. I know. My mom did I too. Know. So many. So, so many women look like linebackers. Okay, so that's going to bring us to Sergeant Al Powell. Oh, Reginald Val Johnson. I love him. Oh, he is. He's one of those guys that's in everything yep. he is also older than bruce willis i would like to say i know him from more from family matters yes as the father in family yeah. matters that's yeah. that's where everybody knows him from but he was also in uh an episode of brooklyn nine nine, nine. nine. yes as himself as himself in a diehard related plot yes we will get to that we will get to that yes don't you worry don't forget. um yeah oh come on he's been in other stuff i liked him because he's like Oh, he was in Tron Uprising? You can tell he's like, he's just a good, solid cop. It was nice to see a black man in a position of authority. Um, and stand up to uh, his superior. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. Um, oh, he was in a Bones episode? Nice. He's been in everything, man. Yeah, he's one of those guys Plus, that's I'm in Plus, I'm pretty sure everything. everybody was in at least ep- one episode of Bones. You right. Oh, he's in an episode of Ghost Whisperer. Same, Ghost same Whisperer. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, making the rounds. Probably Will a couple of law orders. Usually uh, most people have been in Law CSI. Order a couple times. Oh, CSI. CSI. They got him. Which, uh, what's her name that we just talked about, whose name escaped me that Bonnie Bedelia. was also in an episode of CSI. Of course. So, yeah. I, I was, he's so great. And, I, you know, I like that he stood up to his, his idiot fucking stick superior. Um, and, which we'll get to. Oh, he was in the original Ghostbusters? 
Reginald Val Johnson? As a jail guard. <gasps> Shut up! Yep. I didn't know that. So we yep. have many Ghostbusters connections. Yeah. Which we'll also get to that. Yes. In a minute. So, yeah. Um, uh, his character was very peripheral and yet central at the same time, which is kind of hard to de- describe and explain. Because um, without him... Without him, Half the, the movie got no connection. Yeah, there's there's no connection to the outside, to the outside world. world. Yeah, um, and their their relationship, uh, and we were wa- we were watching it just now. Uh, John signals out, and Powell's the one that takes, for lack of a better term, takes the call. Yeah. Um, after the idiot chick at the emergency place, yeah, like <laughs> I report um, you. He's talking to him, and like within just a couple, just a few sentences of an exchange, uh, Sergeant Powell says to, calls him partner. Yeah, and yeah. then John comes back to him with partner. That right there, those that yeah. one ex- single exchange told each other that they were police officers. Yeah, and, and he, he immediately, knew. he immediately. That's yeah. how he knew. And like when he said. If you are what I think you are, and you'll said, understand. Him a, you'll understand when to shut up. Yeah. 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 Smart cookie, man. Yeah. yeah I, I would like to think that one day he was the uh, chief of police in L.A. We'd need to watch the subsequent. I don't know that he's been in the subsequent. I think he was. He was in Die Hard Vendetta. Okay. I've only seen... Uh, I've never watched the, the Actually, only one I've actually seen is the third one with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Jeremy Irons. Which he was in Die Hard 2. He was in Die Hard 2. For sure. For sure. For show. For show. So, yeah. God, so many references. I know. Oh, I didn't mean to yawn. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, Paul Gleason, speaking of the deputy police chief. Oh, my God. So this is the guy who went from being the principal of Sherman High School, Sherman, Illinois. Yes. To deputy police chief of L.A. Yeah. He's an idiot. Still an asshole. White dude. White dude. White dude. The old, yeah, he's ultimate white dude. There's yeah. more fireworks. He's like, I'm a... Um, He's one of those that likes to be in charge, but doesn't like to actually be. Because, like, his eyes lit up when he found that the FBI was there. Like, oh, they'll take responsibility. He's an ass kisser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, he has And he's to- so good at it. Like, he's so gifted at being that guy that you want to punch. I bet he's really a nice guy. He's probably a lovely man. But his character was necessary. Yep. Uh, to further the plot. Yep. I'm trying to say. Okay. He, and the reference we're making is, of course, Breakfast Club. Yep, he's Don't the principal. You forget the, prim- about the vice me. principal, not the principal. Sorry, I'll vice. Be alone. Oh, That's he was in Revenge years. of the Nerds. Four is one of my yeah core, core movies of my life. Would be I'm an '80s baby. Come I know, on. I know that. Uh, I'm trying to see if he's been in anything else. I think he's just a solid character, and I She's say character a baby? actor, really, but like he plays a lot of the same character but he plays it so fucking well yeah you just want to hit him (laughs) if you can get the work so yeah um but i mean his character was necessary though yeah um and he played it well Mm -hmm. um then there's uh william atherton oh my god remind me who that is the reporter the redhead yeah oh i fucking hate him because he's also one of those guys with a punchable face because we hate him because of ghostbusters because he was walter peck from the epa and he let all the ghosts loose he was also in real genius okay bt dubs he's an 80s dude oh yeah 
Um, and okay, so we were he watching. He plays a very punchable guy. Like, he's very good at it. <laughs> oh, God. He was an episode of Castle. Oh, oh, God. oh and the Glades. Jesus. Law and Order. Yep. There you go. It's either uh, NCI or uh, CSI or Law and Order. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, like, we're watching this movie and, like, what was it about halfway through? I'm like, why does this character exist? Yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah. Why am I even paying attention to this? What I, is happening? I realize. Yes, you need news reporters and all of this. And we get to the end of the movie, and he goes to bust into like the kid's house, and I was like, oh, that's why. To be like, mommy, come on. Oh. And then of course Gruber realizes, yeah, whoever Gruber, and it's just oh, yeah. That I still like. I feel like that kind of. It's okay. This is a 1980s movie that has a runtime of two hours and 12 minutes. This was a long, I thought it's it kind of dragged toward the end. Movie. I could have done without the reporter. I could without the backstory of the reporter. Yeah. Them just generically showing that they found the kids somehow. Yeah. Just the reporter showing yeah. up at the house. They could have used a, a lesser name person and just appeared. Yeah. Um, because I think that whole plot was just a little, yeah, dragged. Yeah. Cuts. cuts I mean, I did out. like that she punched him at the end. Because like I said, he's oh, got a totally, very face. Totally. And he deserved it. Yeah. God, what a vulture. But yeah. Um, Henry, Harry Ellis. Oh, that asshole. The cokehead. That asshole. Oh, my God. That asshole was in every movie. Oh, my God. Like, you probably know that asshole. Oh, yeah. I work with that asshole. Oh, my God. The fact that he's, like, doing coke during the hostage situation is so 80s. That was the most 80s thing I could think of. Oh, I know. And just openly. He's like, oh, booby. Like, oh, I negotiate. God. I was just like, please kill him. He was in an episode of Leverage? (gasps) Shut the fuck up. Where? Um, hold on. The corkscrew job. That's the wine bottle one in the fifth season? Uh, looking at it, but it doesn't tell me what season. Oh, season five, episode thirteen. Look at you. And I know stuff about things. Um, but yeah. Oh God, you just, you just. I'm really glad. Like you got the, you got that he was a sleazy dude that would have like totally sold everybody out. No, I mean he totally would have hit that with Holly, even if like he knew she was married cuz that I'm sure he tried. That wouldn't matter to him and you got like overtones of that, but it wasn't like he didn't make a physical grab at her. He didn't No. It could have been worse and grosser. Yeah. But like when he like the whole time he walks in with Gruber and I love the part where he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But, like, the whole time, I felt secondhand embarrassment for him. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, buddy, you're going to die a lot. And I'm going to like it, but also he, I'm a little embarrassed for you. And he did. Yeah, he died a lot. Um, he's, but he's, like, got his feet up and he's getting the guy to pour him a Coke. It's like, you have grossly misread the situation. Gross. And and, and Gruber was just like, I want to he was entertained. He's like, I want to see how far this goes. Oh, my God. That guy. Ugh. And... And we, we mentioned this when we were watching it. They, 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 uh, this is part of the, the, <coughs> the camera work that they do is once, uh, he's dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and they pan that scene from behind his chair and it's yeah. blurred, but you can you see, see the, the blood the shining. The, yeah. And his hair is yeah. shiny and the blood down the back of the seat. You can see it without gory, gory detail. Yeah. Um, which that's really well shot. Mm-hmm. That's that's an example of how well the camera work is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did we mention who directed this? John oh, no. 
We didn't do writer director. No, nothing. Yeah, John McTiernan directed it. Uh, Jan de Bont was his uh, director of photography, and the only reason I know that is because he's the guy that directed Twister, and I really like Twister. Cow, another cow. cow. You know, this was based on a book, right? Yeah, I read that, but I don't know that. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem right. Die Hard is based Sounds on Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard is it based on a goddamn book with yeah. words? Yeah. <laughs> In the book, the it lasts over three days. But whatever. Um, so yeah, he was this. He was the sleaze dude that totally deserved everything he yeah. got. Yeah. Um, I make. I make. I do million dollar meals for breakfast. I will say one of my problems, like probably my only problem with Holly in this movie, is. How she misread the situation and decided, I think this is the dude I'm going to tell that, like, oh, this I'm going to bring John. this guy into my confidence yeah. that my husband's running loose in the building. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I mean, it's like, buddy, you no. worked with him. You know he's a sleazebag. And there's Doing no, coke no. on your desk. No, that, that, she would have taught, I, I would have, it would have been a lot more believable to have her see that conversation with her pregnant secretary. Or and him assistant, overhear it or not something. Not secretary. Assi- yeah. assistant or whatever she like, was and have him over here yeah that would have been more believable yeah yeah maybe but um that was my problem with that so and, and then before we get to uh, one of my favorite people we're not there yet um we got one more before we get to him uh i'd just like to mention another ghostbuster reference is one of the hench people who we're not going to get to because he's deep in there <laughs> um as a deep cut uh he's not even one of the brothers uh, is, oh, uh Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. Vigo the Carpathian is one of the uh, oh, God. terrorists. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. So actually next on our list is, yeah, Alan's way down here. Yeah, well, he's on the terrorist list. No, this is, no. Well, yeah. You saw how the credits were. Yeah, it's true. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Tagagi Takaki. Takagi. Takagi. I can speak. Takagi. I'm looking right at the word. I don't know why I can't say it. I liked it. him. I felt bad when they killed him. James Shigetti. Yeah, he he was a stand-up he guy. Like a du- he seemed like a good dude. Like, and he... I kind of expected him to be half sleazy. Well, and he respected John as Holly's husband. Yeah, he sent the car. He, like... Like, yeah. Oh. Did he pass away? Yeah, in 2014. Oh. Was he real? Um, he was born in 1929. He was 85. Jeez, oh, he lived a long life. He lived a long life. Yeah, I really liked him, and I like. It kind of shocked me that they killed him as quickly as they did, but I think that was meant to be that way. He was General Lee in Mulan. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I love him. I'm trying to see if he's been in anything. Well, once you yeah, been he in was Mulan. the voice. Uh gonna keep going way back because let's get down to business to defeat the huns <laughs> that was a terrible chuckle i apologize <laughs> i i am getting over being sick yeah you are like bad and y'all are lucky my voice is as good as it is that's why we've put up the put this off as long as we did is i yeah compl- you got nasty sick. i completely lost my voice and for once it wasn't me losing their voice right um so yeah so uh yeah, he uh, his character was of course very necessary mm-hmm. um, to establish the Japanese background mm-hmm. to where the you know the money and the corporation and the whole the bear bonds and the, yeah all um, that bullshit and the samurai symbol 
thing that was everywhere. Yeah, the company's logo. Yeah, which was basically like a samurai helmet thing. Yeah. I never, I didn't really notice it the first time we watched it, but the second time, either. it was like fucking everywhere. It was. It was. And here it is. Building. And it's over here. They were real proud of that. Yeah, somebody designed real it proud. and they were like, listen, I like my design and we're going to use it a lot. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then that brings us to <laughs> Mr. Alan Rickman. Um, Hans Gruber. So, like, I've known Alan Rickman as a person, and he's been he's in a guy. everything. He's all right. I got weird pants feelings because he's the <laughs> bad villain, and that is my very specific kink. Yes, it is. And it was young Alan Rickman, and it was like, Hello. And by young Alan Rickman, this yeah. was Alan Rickman's first film. At, like, 41. At 41 years oh, old. My it baby, was his your first, dreams can come film. true. Yes. And I like, we were excellent. talking that, cause he was a very well established stage actor in London. Um, mm-hmm. very good at As what he does. As you do in, in England. Yeah. Very, very good at what he does. Clearly, you see Alan Rickman in anything and you're like, that man's the boss. Yes, he is. Um, didn't phone that shit in. No. Did a really amazing job yeah. with Gruber. Excellent. Like, really nuanced. Yes. With hints of Snape. With, yes, you could see where. This was like an audition for Snape. It was. <laughs> Turn to page 394. 394. No, but like he did a really good job. It was, it it wasn't mustache twirly, but he was very well established. This, this was and not funny. a good man. And funny. But he was funny despite him. Because like you, the audience are like, you're bad. I don't like you. But like he was fucking funny. And there were times where like I felt sympathetic toward him because it's like, oh my God, these fucking oh, idiots honey, he's got to deal with. Look what I have to work with here. Like that's what um, happens when you hire models instead of a uh, actual like paramilitary okay. troops so here's one for you okay what's your favorite alan rickman movie and if you say love actually i do love that movie though oh god but is it your favorite alan rickman <sighs> movie no because he's a bad man in that i mean he's not as bad as he could be but like he's not great in that um god <sighs> I, I don't want to say Harry Potter. No, I don't. Because, like, I, unpopular opinion time, I'm not a big Snape fan because okay, of the but whole he emotional played, abuse. But, but he, he played, played a really good Snape, though. Oh, like, Alan Rickman as Snape is like a master class, but I'm trying to see. Well, we did do a podcast. Uh, we did an Alan Rickman-centric we did. We did. podcast. Did Honestly, do, it's probably Galaxy Quest. Didn't we do Blow Draw? Yes, we did. As a movie? Okay. Galaxy Quest, really? I fucking love Galaxy Quest, and he's so put upon in that, and he's so good and funny, and that was, I think, the first movie that I actually remember him. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Galaxy Quest, because, like, I didn't know Die Hard. I was a kid. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think, it, I don't know, I think it's Galaxy Quest. Okay. <laughs> that's, like, the sixth best, uh, um, voted this, like, the sixth or eighth best uh, Star Trek movie, BT Dubs, is not in fact a Star Trek not movie. In fact a Star Trek, and movie. yet, <laughs> and yet. Okay, so my favorite Alan Rickman movie would have to be Dogma. I always forget about Dogma, and he's so fucking good in I that. And I love that movie. I need to rewatch love that. I love Dogma. Dogma. It's such a good movie. I well, I love the Jay and Silent Bob series anyway. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith. I adore, yeah. adore, adore Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, who is doing so much better since he is. His, his he's doing, he's, he's lost great. like 70, uh, over yeah. 50 pounds. Um, trying, well, he had a heart attack. Um, 
but he's he's okay. He's okay. He's okay. He's an animal. I was real worried. I know. Real real worried worried for a while. I do Um, love dogma. Do love dogma. That's such a good movie. Dogma is when I I saw dogma and and it's very much it's a religious ish movie. It's got basis in religion and. Um, it's not an anti-religious. No, movie. it's not. That's the thing. A lot though. of people think it is, but it's not. Well, when Muse, if you actually listen to what they're saying, Muse's speech about it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. Yep. That speech made me go, oh yeah, oh. It just calls out a lot of the hypocrisy, right? That's in modern, you know, churches and stuff. But like, yeah, God, I love that movie. It's so fucking I funny love too. It. And he is so good as Metatron. Yes. Uh, oh, he's excellent. Who was also a role shared by uh, Curtis, Curtis Armstrong. Armstrong. Who also played Metatron. So <laughs> In go. Supernatural. Yeah. Oh, my God. Very different Metatrons. See, we practically know these people. I know, right? Okay. Totally. Totally. Um, We're not crazy. That's it's about it. It's a bunch of about it. really weird really? 80s models boy, model boys. Uh, I mean, with we, long hair that are Johnny's <laughs> very specific kink, or at oh, least were back in the day. Oh, what? That's um, Carl, 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 the blonde, the stringy blonde dude. Okay. Oh, the one that you were like, I like, that. or I did like that back in the day. Uh, yeah, the the blonde. He passed away in 1995. Oh god, at age 45. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Well, I just well. went to go check his uh, natural quote unquote natural causes. Yeah, Johnny, this this was populated by a lot of your very specific 80s kings. Hey, I was an 80s girl. Oh, God. None of those. He was in the ballet? Oh, that explains a lot. That actually does explain a lot. They were, a lot of those boys were very athletic. They were running around and. Started studying dance at age nine and stayed ballet I didn't like school. the sweatpants, though, that most. Yeah, what was that? Like, I. I'm like, I know you're not like an actual military organization, but like Elliot wouldn't wouldn't be caught dead wearing that shit. No, no, from, but again, from leverage because that's of course my knowledge your go- of your go-to <coughs> mercenary operatives. Ah, well, my vast store of knowledge, Elliot Spencer. Um, so I think we have to talk about the uh, the elephant in the room. Which one? Nine nine. Nine nine. So. We love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This is the reason why we're doing Die Hard. More than is probably healthy. Um, I think exactly Exactly enough, enough that is healthy. To be healthy, yes. Um, I'm, by the way, January 10th, NBC. Please watch. We're very excited that it got picked up by NBC after Fox also canceled it. Also appears on Hulu. Um, but uh, Jake Peralta, who's the main character, Andy Samberg's character, loves is Die Hard. Know? One of the main characters. Okay. This is an ensemble. Um, but he loves Die Hard to the point of maybe not quite so healthy when he tried to Die Hard off the building. Not one episode, but he adores just the one. Yeah, just the one. Um, he adores this movie, and so like it's made a really warm, fuzzy place in my heart just because Jake loves it. Yes, and so that you're right. That's one of the reasons we did choose this because we were like, you know, it is a Christmas movie. It is, in fact, um, a Christmas movie, and I will fight you on that. Yes, and so, uh, so yeah, so that's why a lot of this was super fun. They've they've had a lot of references over five seasons of Brooklyn Nine Nine, but at one point they actually went to the building, and every other it was like 
this is where John McClain did this. This is where John McClain did that. This is, take my picture with it. And so, yeah, it was really dumb and fun and cute. And I loved it. Yeah, so, there's ref- there's constant references. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the show. Well, Love it. speaking of Jake Peralta. We did get an email from. It seems that Jake emailed us. Is a real person. I <laughs> knew it. That's definitely how TV shows work. So we get an email. Yeah, yeah. And Jake says, hey, ladies. I've been a long-time listener, first-time writer, because you guys are talking about my favorite movie ever of all time. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid, and it was one of the first things I saw Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman do. I didn't have a great support system at home. My dad was pretty awful, so John McClane pretty much became my role model. Even though he was estranged from his family, too, he stepped up when he was really needed. Terrorists taking over a Christmas party is definitely when he needed to. I keep trying to get my wife to watch this movie and have since we were dating. She doesn't understand. Some people love Harry Potter and can quote every line like she can. Some people make a special trip while on business-related trip to Los Angeles at the Fox Plaza because that's <laughs> what they used for Nakatomi Plaza. But she indulges my obsession. She did get me a groom's cake of Nakatomi Plaza for our wedding, though. She did. So I guess she understands. I'm a lucky guy. Yep. Anyway, thanks for podcasting the greatest cop movie of all time. I've enjoyed you guys for years. Thanks again, Jake. I love that email more than I can possibly say. (laughs) I was furiously texting you. I was like, look, did you see the email? Look at the email address. I won't give it, but it was even the email address was... Yeah, right we can't on. give that out over the air. Yeah, I think um, we'll be in trouble. Eventually. We'll just say that know. for ourselves. It's perfect. So, yeah, that made me happy. Uh, okay. So, do you want to do the rest of the feedback? Yeah, I mean, we, we may did? as well. Jake's. We've got uh, some others. Just, I had to go with that one. I know. I loved it so much. It made me so happy. So, thank you, Jake, wherever you are. Uh, this email is from uh, Diet Mike. Okay. <laughs> oh, because we have two Michaels and he's... he. Gave himself. He embraced a, it. No, I think we did. did I we think give it I to did. Him? Okay. So, uh, Diet, Diet Mike, Mike, just one calorie, not even enough. <laughs> not even enough from Awesome Powers. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I think that was me. Sorry. Uh, that's got to be you because I don't watch Austin Powers. That is such a shock to me. I know. That used to be really funny, man. Uh, okay. So it says, it's Mike, a.k.a. Diet Mike. Uh, one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Making fist with your toes. Oh God, making fist with your toes. Christmas that was so weird. Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Did you know most of the terrorists were male models? Yes. You could tell. Another one played Vigo in Ghostbusters too. Yes. I spotted him the second go around. And of course the great Al Leong, aka the Asian guy who's been in everything. Yep. Uh yeah. Yep, yep. Clarence Theo. Who isn't he? You looked up and he was Genghis Khan and Bill and Ted. He was Genghis Khan and Bill and Ted's Excellent oh Adventure. Oh, my God. Yes, yes he was. Um, Clarence Theo Gilliard, who was in Walker, Texas Ranger yes, and Top Gun. Yes, we didn't Gun. talk about him. Because he was after yeah, his, Alan he's, Rickman. Yeah, he's way down on Sorry, the list. Sorry, you're after Alan Rickman. I love him. He was not from Walker. I mean, he was, but like he was from Matlock. That's where I know him from. Oh. Matlock. Uh, Hans Buddy, I'm Your White Knight. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, Sergeant Al Powell was, of course, in Family Matters and always plays a cop. He plays a good cop. He does. Uh, he says, my favorite line is Jesus Christ Powell. He could be a, a fucking bartender. <laughs> I mean, he's right, though. He is right. He is right. Anybody that works in that industry can spot a fake ID from a mile away. Uh, Agent, Agents Johnson, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> 
No relation. No relation. McLean kids appear as adults in the last two diehards. Oh, okay. And that's why you never go barefoot. Yeah, God. Mm. I always Although I like, go barefoot. Oh, I do too. I like that they explained why he was barefoot. Because they gave him that obstacle. Yes. So they could have the big intense, See, they, like, they, his feet being bloody and everything. There's not a lot of plot holes in this movie. No, there really aren't. Like, they gave him a good, like, because the guy on the plane told him to do fists with your feet. And, like, so he was without his shoes. He was doing that when so, it happened. Okay. Let me explain the fist with your feet. Okay. Why that works. Oh, please explain that. So it was once given to me as a relaxation technique. Okay. Because I have issues. Right. Um, and I have sleep issues. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you can do to help you relax to go to sleep is what you do is you tighten a certain set of muscles and re and purposely relax them. Okay. And then tighten, like you would tighten your toes mm -hmm. and relax them, tighten your feet and relax them, tighten your ankles and relax them and just go through your body tightening. And then you focusing feel, on that. and you're focusing on the relaxation. Well, to clench your t toes like that and to then purposely relax them. Yeah. Is a relaxation technique. Okay. There you go. Fist with your feet. And that, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so he says, yippee ki -yay. Thanks, guys. And Merry Christmas, Mike. Oh, thank you. Oh. Um, and then we've got Kim uh, over on Twitter. Okay. Says, I didn't know you ladies were doing a watch slash review. I love this movie. In my opinion, Alan Rickman changed the blueprint for movie villains with his portrayal a true masterwork. No, I think he did because, like, I mean, and I'm not saying there were never good villains before, but, like, it was easy to do the mustache twirly, a thousand percent evil, no redeeming human quality whatsoever villain. And, like I said, like, you knew there was never a question whether Alan Rickman was the bad guy or not. He was a terrible no, guy. Yeah. He shot a guy within like the first five minutes of being on screen. He's terrible. Um, but like, he's funny and he's charming in his own way. And he, yes, like in some cases, he's the reasonable dude in the room. Um, but like, he was very him. dynamic, very what dynamic. What you're saying. Very dynamic. So I, I thought he was great. I loved that. <laughs> where he's like i'm sorry i didn't see 60 minutes what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> oh yeah and his timing yeah after ellis has gone on his like coke tinged uh you know yeah. booby i'm like oh booby! my god you're so insulting right now yeah he is but yeah my god so good okay and i did not see that we got an email from caitlin Oh, yeah, we got that last you night. You must have grabbed that notification before I got a chance to see it. You had gone to bed last night already. Oh, that's or right. Or nap. I'm not really sure what No, it was. I went to bed. Okay. Last I was tired. God, you I went worked, to bed before I did. I worked a lot of hours. Yes, you did. Yesterday, yes, you did. I was in. It's from both of them, actually. It's just from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, it does say the C block. Yeah. The C block. So this is from Caitlin and Claire. Okay. Okay, buckle up, friends, because Caitlin has feelings. Oh, God, help us all. She says, so I'm the kind of person that likes Christmas movies a so lot. Much. It is dumb and mainstream and cheesy, but I like it. And my pet peeve is when people go off saying that Die Hard is the only good Christmas movie and is the best one, obviously. Now I'll love you both if you say this. No, it's not the best. The holidays. You shut your face. This is the I best the Christmas holiday. movie. You hate Christmas movies. Caitlin says, and I respect Janya's dislike of Christmas <laughs> movies. <laughs> 
She knows you. And now, and I know y'all's hearts. But for any, for everyone listening, it's like the sports ball and suburb, superb owl jokes. Yes, it's cute, <laughs> and I make them too. But at the core of those jokes, say I was a nerd, I am a nerd, and I don't understand or like this mainstream thing. The people that do like this thing probably tease me in the past. So rather than letting them enjoy their things while I enjoyed mine, I'm going to belittle what they like to feel better about not liking it. Yeah. It's the whole, it's the whole, like, I was a nerd, guys, and I got beat up so I can be an asshole thing. Um, oh, that's fireworks. That it's like, no, you, you still, you, cool mode of still murder. Yeah. Uh, don't just be an asshole. If people like it, they like it. If people don't like it, Let they don't. Like Shut they up. Like. If people want to like dumb, like, I love the holiday. It's so stupid, but I love it. We did a podcast uh, so, on it. Yes, we did. Now, I, as much as I it's not that I didn't like the holiday. I just, I can't relate to movies like that. I just can't. And you don't seek out stuff like no, that. No, I don't. That's However. content of choice. There is a fanfic based on the holiday <laughs> that yes. I fucking love. Yep. Yep. You do. And you didn't even realize it. I didn't even know. Yeah. Didn't even know. It was you know who, you know who likes the holiday? Rosa fucking Diaz. Nine, nine. Nine, nine. So many parallels. So, yeah. Be the person Rosa Diaz wants you to be. Stabbing somebody? Yes. Okay, good. Cool. Um, if anything happens to this dog, I will kill everyone in this room and, and then, then myself. myself. Yeah. So Kaylin goes on to say, so it's similar with Die Hard when I've asked, when I've asked people. They dislike Christmas and, the, and think it's a consumerism and cheesy and Die Hard is the best. It's not really about Christmas. So all y'all listeners love the movie, but do in a way that respects others and don't, doesn't continue the cycle of bullying belittling. Yep. I think that's a good message. Claire says, while many people argue that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie, I'd like to argue that it is a Harry Potter movie. He spins the movie hiding from Alan Rickman. (laughs) Oh, that made me smile. Claire, you're not wrong. No, she's not wrong. (laughs) At first I was like, bitch, what are you talking about? Oh, no. No, you're right. You're right. right. (laughs) You're right. Very early precursor. (laughs) They say love and butt touches the C block. Jesus. They're so weird. Snape, the early years. Snape, the early years. He was a terrorist. Oh, and of course, Caitlin's going to text us in the middle of a podcast. Because that's what she does. That's what she does. Okay. Anyway. Uh, So that brings us back to our last email. This is from Jeff. Okay. Okay, I forgot to get to the end of the email. (laughs) Scroll. Hi, Queenie and Janya. Hi. Hi. I was so excited to hear you were doing a cast for Die Hard. Thanks for the reminder on social media. I hope I'm not too late getting thoughts into you. No, you're fine. Yeah, we tend to be late. Late. Number one. I have considered Die Hard a Christmas movie forever and found it interesting how big of a deal people were making it this year. It's not just a little bit Christmassy either. Like, it's it's got the, the we didn't talk about the, the music. Um, what is it? Oh, come all ye faithful? No, not. Whatever that is. What is that piece called now? I'm going to have to look it up. God damn it. Um, but no, like, it's got that piece woven throughout. I mean, and it's playing through the whole And, like, it's movie. not just a little bit Christmas. There's a lot of Christmas in I mean, this movie. There's, there's Christmas trees and there's Christmas decorations everywhere. Just because it's not about Christmas doesn't mean it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah. Ode to joy. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Uh, he says, I will thank my mom for my love of this film. As she introduced me to John McClane and growing up, 
This and the original Lethal Weapon were both on the holiday viewing docket. Okay, okay. I like people. I like to but hear Jeff, people's Halloween ho- you, or holiday tradition movies. But, but have you watched the Lethal Weapon series? Don't don't bring people into that only to get hurt. You You're right, cruel woman. You're right, you cruel woman. You're right. It is a terrible and painful series. Yeah, and I will not watch another episode. Oh, when you've it, already when it, no. When it comes back, I, I thought can't. It had already come no. back. Oh, well, if it has, I haven't watched it. Okay, I refuse to watch it. Damon Wayans has season two. come to them and been like, "Can we be done now? I would like to not do this yeah. anymore." I would after like the to end go of home. season two, I was like, "Nope, yeah, nope." And everybody died. I noped out. Uh, number two, this film was also my first introduction to Alan Rickman. It was Alan Rickman's first movie. Yeah. U.S. movie to boot. Like, it wasn't just a movie. It was a U.S. movie. So, like, a bunch of people that had never, would never be exposed to the London theater scene were like, who this bitch? He good. Uh, He says, who quickly became one of my favorite actors. He was not always just an amazing villain. Robin Hood, quickly down under. But I loved his drool and so over at characters like in Dogma, Galaxy Quest, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, he was the voice (laughs) He was the voice of Marvin. Oh. And, of course, could there have been a better Professor Snape? No. He was also the voice of the Caterpillar. Yes, in Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. I love him. I, I the miss him. The second Alice in Wonderland was also was released posthumously. Posthumously? It, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had voiced it. I missed him. Number three. Now I have a machine gun. Ho. <laughs> ho. Ho. Uh, you have to say it correctly. You have to, yeah, with the, <clears throat> God, that man was the king of timing and pauses and knowing your dialogue. And plays. Yeah. Plays are pure, all of that, in yeah. hitting your cue. Yeah. God, anyway, he was a master at it. But he says, he says, it's possibly one of my all-time favorite movie lines, and I frequently use uh, McLean's Welcome to the Party Pal. <laughs> Number four. While this movie was certainly a product of the late 80s, uh, 1988, I feel that the overall theme and enjoyability of this film has easily stood the test of time. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, why would its Christmasness be such a hotly debated thing 30 years later? I mean, that's a good point. Why are people even still talking about Die Hard if it wasn't, you know, if it didn't hold up? Number five, Rickman's American accent when he's caught by McClane. (laughs) Love it. So good. Number six. With the exception of Reginald Val Johnson Al, who is a fantastic character, what a bunch of idiots the other main law enforcement officers are. God, yes. How about Johnson and Johnson in the helicopter, and he places an eye roll there. Yeah, yeah. So I could probably go on and on about this movie. It's easily one of my all-time favorites. So is Clue. So was super excited (gasps) when I listened to your cast of that. One plus two plus one plus two. (laughs) Flames on the side of my face. But I will wrap it up here. As always, thanks for doing what you do. Happiest of New Year's to you and yours. My best always. Oh, thank you. Um, P.S. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on all the good stuff coming in 2019. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6. Yeah. Avengers Endgame and Captain Marvel to name a few. Yeah. Avengers Endgame is just going to be like probably two, three hours of us crying. A bunch of tears. Yeah. (laughs) Although, bitches, have y'all heard the Loki TV series news? Ruminate on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That's gonna uh, so excited. Tom Hiddleston has been confirmed for a Loki series. So excited! Uh, that will be on Disney Plus, and they're also they're courting um, Elizabeth for something Scarlet Witch related. I'm not sure how they could do it because she's not a mutant, like, and but whatever. But Disney's bringing it. Yeah, they are. But they're streaming, just FYI. And most of the Netflix shows have been canceled. I think uh, Jessica Jones is our only one, and I'm expecting Punisher. Them. A Punisher hasn't been canceled. Punisher yet? has not been canceled. Oh. And what's her name? The blonde from Daredevil. Yeah, has been confirmed for Punisher. Okay, I saw that on the news. The other um, day. Jessica Jones. They actually have finished the uh, new season, and I'm people are Three. yeah people are guessing. So I haven't even seen two yet. People are guessing that as soon as it premieres, they're gonna be like, "That's great, you're canceled," because yeah. that's what they did with um, uh, shit. What was the last one? Was it Luke Cage? Luke Cage only had one two of, seasons. One of them they canceled like two seconds after its Ooh, latest premiere. Yeah, I'm kind of out of the loop on the whole. Yeah, so eventually <clears throat> we'll get to those. The last couple of months of my life have been yeah. so hectic. Yeah. I yeah. haven't had time to do fucking anything. Yeah, so, so just FYI. There is stuff coming, but, you know. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I wanted to get to the emails before I got to the trivia. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Because I hate to preempt people. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I'm just going to have to do this off the fly. Okay. Bruce Willis received a then unheard of $5 million. Jesus. A fee that was approved by Fox President Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. And as we all know, the Nakatomi Tower is actually the headquarters of 20th Century Fox. The company charged itself rent for use of the building. Yep. Which was unfinished at the time. Correct? This, yes. Okay. Was unfinished. So all of those unfinished scenes were actually unfinished. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. They went for realism, man. They did. Uh, the scene in which Gruber and McLean meet was inserted into the script after Alan Rickman was found to be proficient at mimicking American accents. The I love Americans, that. The filmmakers have been looking for a way to have the two characters meet prior to the climax and capitalize on Rickman's talent. I wish Alan Rickman uh, had given Benedict Cumberbatch a lesson and how to <laughs> that sound. That poor boy is so he's good at everything except, except growing that. a mustache yeah. and an American accent. <laughs> that mustache. It's, he hates it. Although he hates it. There are, uh, I think I think he's done it. I think Benedict has done it. And I think Tom Hiddleston has done impressions of Alan. Yes. Um, and they're pretty fucking funny. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Because he's Alan fucking Rickman and he's so iconic. But, yeah. I love um. him. Director John McTiernan Tiernan, mm-hmm. found it necessary to smash cut away from Hans Gruber's face whenever he fired a gun because Alan Rickman's uncontrollable habit of flinching from the noise. That's so precious. That is just the most precious thing. Uh, the scene where Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman meet up was unrehearsed to create a greater feeling of spontaneity. Okay. Hart Brockner's line, Hans, Bubby, was ad-libbed. Oh, God. Alan Rickman's so quizzical reaction was genuine. <laughs> a lot was was um, ad lib or um, unrehearsed, and I, just because they kept changing the stuff around. Okay, in the spring of 1987, producer Joel Silver and director John McTiernan attended a performance of the play Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah, which is one of it's a I love that story in which Alan Rickman played the evil. Vit- French, dude. French dude. French um, dude. And they realized they had found their Gruber. He's so good. 
the scene where McCain falls down a shaft was a mistake by the stuntman who was supposed to grab the first vent as it originally was planned. He slipped and continued to fall, but the shot was used anyway. It looked good. It does, doesn't it? Because it's real. Uh, when John McClane runs through the glass shards in his, quote, bare feet after Hans has his men shoot out the glass partitions in the computer room, Bruce Willis was, in fact, wearing special rubber shoes designed to look like his own feet. One can, in fact, see this if looking closely at his feet. Uh, they appear quite unnaturally large. And My question was just, why not use fake glass? They make glass out of, you know, like, spun sugar or whatever, and, like, the, even the bottles and stuff Ooh. that break, you know, pretty realistically, but it's, like, not fucking glass. Fake feet, man. I guess when you could do fake feet, why do fake glass? Feet. In the making of featurette, <laughs> the director revealed that the vast majority of the exterior shots of the building showing explosions were, in fact, full-scale explosions set off in and around the actual building. That's amazing. I guess you got a lot of levity with the, uh, with the production when your company owns it. Only a couple of the actors who played the German terrorists were actually German. And only a couple more could speak broken German. The actors were cast for their menacing appearances rather than their nationality. Nine of the 12 were over six feet tall. Yeah, them tall boys. Uh, Bruce Willis was also shooting moonlighting concurrently. He would shoot moonlighting during the day and then come shoot I remember moonlighting. I remember having fond feelings I of that show. never, ever watched My parents watched it, so I watched it. I was real little. Uh, much of the script was improvised due to the constant screenplay tweaks. <laughs> uh, oh, we did. We talked about this. Well, I think we talked about when we were watching it. The Code 2. Yeah. An urgent it's incident where sirens are not to be used. Um, on Alan Rickman's first day of shooting, he filmed the scene where Hans Gruber first runs into John McClane. He made a jump off the ledge about three feet high. He injured his knee when he landed and damaged some cartilage in his knee. Oh, baby. He was told by his doctor not to put any weight on that leg, and he had to use crutches for a week. For the rest oh of the God. scene where Hans Gruber is standing and talking to John McClane, Alan Rickman is standing on one leg for the entire time and has a brace on under the pants. Jesus. What a trooper. Mm, it's a fine introduction to filmmaking like hey here's a here's a busted knee uh the german that the terrorists speak is sometimes grammatically incorrect <laughs> in the german version of the film the terrorists are not from germany but from europe <laughs> <laughs> the country of europe the only instances of incorrect okay uh this has been fixed for the special edition vhs <laughs> and for later home video releases the only instances of incorrect use of german are alan rickman's lines the line yippee kai a yay motherfucker is used in all five die hard movies as well it should list be movie, list movie list movie why do you say all five movies and then list all five movies I don't know. although a gunshot masks the fucker part in the pg-13 cut it is heard in the unrated version um that's the live free or die hard one i think uh, okay. it also translate in urdu to hear eat this Good to know. Here, eat this. Uh, Bruce Willis's exhaustion from his schedule forced Stephen E. D'Souza to beef up. Souza, hmm, I know that name. To be <laughs> from Agent Carter. I know. To beef up the roles of the other characters, giving characters like Al Powell, Ellis Argyle, and Richard Thornburg more personality and screen time. That's good, though. I think that was the movie was the better for it. I agree. Plus, I realized a lot of John McClane's stuff was not dialogue. 
There was a lot of just long stretches of him just doing shit and grunting. It's like it wasn't a super heavy script from a dialogue standpoint, but like, I thought it worked. Oh, sorry, I was reading. This, this, <laughs> this, it was long, so I wanted to make sure it was actually an interesting tidbit. <laughs> sorry. Silence. <laughs> At the suggestion of the director Ludwig van Beethoven's Ode to Joy, Ninth Symphony, Fourth Movement, is the musical theme of the terrorist. Hans Gruber, the terrorist leader, even hums it at one point in the movie while yes, he's he in the elevator. Film composer Michael Kamen at first thought it was sacrilege to use Beethoven in an action movie, telling McTurnan, I will make a mincemeat out of Wagner or Strauss for you, but why Beethoven? <laughs> McTurnan replied that Ode to Joy had been the theme of the ultraviolence in Stanley Krubeck's A Clockwork Orange, and Kamen, a Krubeck fan, then said, okie dokie. Uh, and the original script is in the original novel. The action took place over three days. Okay. Um, but it was inspired to have, he was inspired to have it take over a single night by Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Hey, there's something you never thought inspired anything having to do with Die Hard, huh? <laughs> uh, director Trademark, the teddy bear. Oh. Mc- McLean has a teddy bear for his family. The same bear is seen at the end of The Hunt for Red October. I love that movie. Oh, God, it's I didn't realize Hunt for he Red October. that. Yeah. That's a good movie. It's a very good movie. <laughs> uh, when the bomb in the elevator shaft blows out the side of the building, the effect was accomplished by collecting virtually every camera flashbow of a particularly powerful type in Los Angeles area and wiring to the outside of the actual building to simulate the flash. <laughs> That's funny. I See, I like shit like that. I like practical stuff like that. Because we all know how hard it is to do good CGI fire. Ooh, Clint. E- I mentioned Clint Eastwood while we were watching you did this. Mention- did I not? Yeah, you. One of the guards, which it turned the, out, um, the Texan kind of guy, like the guy, yeah. their, their front. I was like, oh, he looks like Clint Eastwood. I think he looks like Hugh Lewis. I mean, you're right. But Clint Eastwood originally owned the rights to the novel "Nothing Lasts Forever," which the film is based. Oh, had planned to star in the film around the early 1980s. Oh, wow! I'm glad he didn't. I now I like Clint Eastwood as an actor. He's actually even a pretty good director. Yeah, as a human being, he's a train wreck. Yeah, but he's um, an old white dude, though. Yeah, but did you ever see Gran Torino? Gran Torino. Yeah, that was eh. he insulted everybody. I know. I loved it. I don't like. Get off my lawn. I don't usually like his movies. And Bridges from I Madison County is too, I, like, no, but indulgent I, but and But see, I grew boring. up with um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah, I see grew those, up with a fistful of I got nothing whatever. for those. I, my dad loves them, but, like, I grew up with that westerns. shit, man. You know I don't do westerns. Back to the why future. You, then why do you watch Westworld? Back, why? Because it's good. That's how you know it's good. That and Back to the Future 3. Okay. All right. That's how I know I actually love it. All right. Everybody's so dirty. Alan Rickman nearly passed off the role of Hans Gruber. McGruber. He'd only arrived in Hollywood two days earlier and was appalled by the idea of his first role being the villain in an action film. And it's like, oh, baby, you're going to do great things with villains. To a degree, Rickman was right to be concerned considering his performance as Hans Gruber was so hailed that the actor had to struggle being typecast as a player of villains for much of his career. Yeah. He's <coughs> so fucking good at it. <coughs> Snape. He could play anything, though. He really could. 
All right, we're getting. Uh, do the drop thing. That that was, I think, the last one that I can think of. That was the drop thing. How when Gruber was dropped? Oh, well, I can just tell you that one. He was um, really? in that scene where John, uh, where John, where Hans Gruber was dropped uh, off the side when of Holly's the building. Watch. Yeah, Holly's watch. Uh, originally, they t- <laughs> they told Alan Rickman they were going to drop him on three, and they dropped him on two. So he was genuinely surprised. So that face is a real Alan Rickman face. So yeah, there it, there's like a hundred and seventy something. Yeah, yeah. Trivia's I can't go through all of them. But yeah, I thought that was the one that I thought was like the most interesting. Yeah, but yeah, he's so good. I miss him. So anyway, um, I do highly recommend the. Th- I think it's the third one. It's the one with Samuel L. Jackson oh. and uh, Jeremy Irons plays uh, Gruber's brother and it's set in new york and yippee-ki-yay motherfucker yippee-ki-yay motherfucker i mean like who else are you gonna get in yippee-ki-yay motherfucker than samuel l jackson i mean yeah he i think he has motherfucker copyrighted he probably does we should pay him some money we probably should i say it a lot so um but yeah i thought again i thought this really held up pleasantly it was a fun movie to watch because a lot of times you go back and watch movies from this era and you're like (laughs) wow that was painful why did i like this so much oh because i was an idiot you know to or a, point, a kid you know to a point breakfast club holds up yeah you know what doesn't fringe of the nerds no that no. was super racist no. and super homophobic yeah. and like yeah but you know what i like the spirit of it but yeah but that movie rapey. still holds a special place I know. in my heart i know you know it does i know and i and i love Curtis, he's a lovely Curtis human being. Curtis Armstrong is a delight. Yes, he is. As a human being. I love the spirit of that movie, but yeah, you look back and it's like... Oh, I know. Oh. I know. I know. I can't. I can't really watch it A lot anymore. of those 80s college movies are just like, oh my God. Oh, the yeah. The whole... It's a very problematic movie. But yeah. also... Yeah. Nerds. But... So pleasantly surprised on this front, because it could have been bad. It could have been. It could have been. <laughs> Well, like Sixteen Candles doesn't hold up. And, yeah. Oh, uh, pretty God, that's in pink. Su- that's super racist too. Pretty in pink, or was mm, one of those is super can hold racist. up okay. Pretty in pink can hold up okay. Yeah. Um, Ducky. They do love Ducky. They do love Ducky. Who but grew yeah. up to? Oh, who, who did he? He grew up to be in. Oh. He um, was in Two and a Half Men for two seventeen and a half men. years. Yeah, he was in Two and a Half Men. God, I hated that show. I hope he made a lot of money off of it. Uh, you know he did because he stayed on it five ever. Yeah, he wasn't ever. He stayed through it even after uh, what's yep. his name left. Yep. So anyway, so um, um so upcoming stuff. Upcoming, of like course, we said sharper object or sharp objects. I keep wanting to call it sharper objects because I keep wanting to Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Um, we will be podcasting sharp objects. It was uh, commissioned. Yeah. Uh, we just have to actually buckle down and do it. We will be watching Gotham. It's just one episode, though. We're not. We're not doing like yeah, we're one cast all. for no. all of it. We're not, not doing, doing one per. No, um, that, that's going to be on miniseries, random right? Miniseries, um, podcast feed. Uh, we will, of course, be doing Captain Marvel. We will be doing Avengers Endgame. <laughs> we're going to try to do more just movies. Yeah, because um, Gotham. Even though we're not doing this last season, we are going to do a wrap up. That's going to go away. Agents of Shield is going to be this summer. Um, American Gods, American Gods is, March 10th, but it, but no, that's like March a something if the first one was only 10 episodes. So like, that's not going to be a huge run. No, it's only um, it's a short run. It's so stars. we do, we do want to focus on some more movies. So 
Again, I'm, we'll give the caveat if we don't have to do your suggestion, but if you have any suggestions. Yeah, we like, because um, it's, the thing is, it's hard know. for us to think of something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we love watching movies. And we want enough that we can actually talk about it instead of just like, well, that was a movie that we watched. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Aquaman. That was a movie. Boy, he, he was pretty. He was Aqua. And a man. And a man. And my God, Jason <laughs> Momoa. Yeah. So was it Aquaman or was it just Jason Momoa? It was just Jason Momoa. It was Momoa. just Jason Momoa. So anyway, yeah. um, so where could they send those suggestions? Oh, they can email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at randomtcasts. Or on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Don't send us a message Don't on Tumblr. Don't send us a message on Tumblr. Tumblr eats messages. Tumblr's pretty defunct right now yeah, anyway. I'm pretty sure Tumblr's half dead. Uh... So either We're Twitter actually, flagged. yeah, we probably are. I haven't even looked. I haven't either. Uh, Twitter or Facebook. Facebook is probably the fastest way if you yeah. don't email. Uh, but that's facebook.com slash random podcast. Yep. Yep. Um, we do put a lot of our updates. What are we going to do? What's upcoming on yeah. Facebook and Twitter? Yeah. They're, they're, they're connected. <gasps> Unlike Marvel. Yeah, they are. They're connected. So. Such bitterness. <laughs> so much bitterness. Oh, you know what I forgot? Uh, Clark Gregg is in Captain Marvel and everybody should go watch it. I mean, there's that. But also, Mike, other Michael, original OG, OG Mike, Michael, OG Michael sent us that um, article. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even see it. You I totally forgot about that. mentioned it. If it will load. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you can send us suggestions or thoughts on Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll be doing Stranger Things whenever it decides to come back out. Whenever they tell us it's coming out. Um, I'm expecting there to be a Hellboy at some point because I'm probably going to have a lot of feelings. I know you're going to have a lot of feelings because David Harbour's And these involved. people who keep saying hashtag not my Hellboy. Listen, he's I mean, not Ron Perlman, but, like, that's not his not, fault. No. Enjoy the movie for what it is. Trust me, as somebody oh, okay. who absolutely loved Ron, Ron Perlman. Eleven modern filmmakers explain how Die Hard influenced them. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, Michael sent us this. We did spot a lens flare, so we thought J.J. Abrams might be on that list Just somewhere. Just a second. Uh, Darren Aronofsky? Aronofsky, yeah. That's what I said. Requiem for a Dream and The Wrestler. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, I love that it starts off movies. with Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. I can still remember that moment was in the theater in Brooklyn and it came blasting through the sound system. The crowd went nuts. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow. Okay. Jurassic World. Oh. Oh, Trevorrow. Yeah. Trevorrow. That's, yeah. that's what I said. I was 11 when Darhard came out. I remember the look on Bruce Willis's face, the newspaper ad. The guy was clearly in a serious situation. Uh, Dan... Trachtenberg? Okay, I don't... 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, okay. I don't watch any of these guys' movies except for Jurassic World. I was playing in a video store with sneaking glances of it while being ushered away with my friends when I was in elementary school. I was dying to see it <laughs> for real. The forbidden movie. You bad boy. I was snuck into Cruel Intentions and I was not 17. Paul Schreer. Okay. He's a writer. Okay. Upcoming Galaxy Quest. Oh! <gasps> Wait, As a kid seeing Die upcoming Hard. Galaxy Quest. Oh God! As what? a kid seeing Die Hard was like, whoa! You could be funny and you were charming. You're also that guy that looks like, for lack of a better term, a normal person. Uh, Joe Kernahan, the A Team. Hey, the guy in Moonlighting is in an action film. Brian Taylor, 
Uh, did crank crank too high voltage? Okay. Uh, They're making Galaxy Quest into a TV show, by the way, and I am uh, fucking here God. for that. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who did Resident Evil and Death, Ra- Death Race. Okay. Writer, director. These are like writer directors and stuff. Yeah, these are like for realsies. Uh, Lexi Alexander, who did Street Green Hooligans, Punisher, Warzone. Okay. Yeah, I don't know a lot of these people. I don't. I mean, I know of them, but like. Joe Lynch, who directed Everly in Mayhem. Everly was conceived as Die Hard in a Room. Jesus. Okay. You may have to see that. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Gareth Evans, who did The Raid in The Raid 2. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm not connecting with any of this. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, I will say, while we're randomly talking about things at the end. Um, I mean, because we do that. Go watch uh, Sci-Fi Has a New Show, <gasps> Deadly, Deadly Class. Class. The pilot's out um, on their website. I think it premieres, I want to say it's like January 19th. Um, Benedict Wong is the headmaster of a assassin high can, school. Can I say it? Yes, you can. He's the Wong Benedict. Oh, my God. This is my life. <laughs> um, you love me. I do. You're delightful. Um, and it's set in the 80s, and I made John you watch January it. January 16th. And you said you kept saying this shouldn't work, but it does. It really shouldn't. And it is. It's gritty 80s. It's not like a stylized version of the 80s. Like it's warts and all 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really liked it. So I just would like to recommend that and pass yeah, that it. It also has a <coughs> what's his name in it? Henry, Henry Rollins. Rollins. Um, yeah, I'm really see. I went uh, told a coworker about it. We went and pulled it up on IMDb, and it looks like Benedict Wong and Henry Rollins are not really credited for many episodes. Yeah, so they're just name draws. But I did see the previews for the season, and Benedict was in it. So I was afraid that like okay. he'd be in it like next to nothing. So it does yeah. look like he's in it at least okay, a little good. bit. So the premise to the show is it's a high school. For assassins. It's where the drug cartels send their kids. It's where the kids of, like, CIA operatives go. The Hessians. Uh, yeah. So, like, it's not Represent. Great. And then they have some students who they just have a natural just affinity. Have, apparently just have scholarships. Have a natural um, affinity for the, yes. the black arts. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a high school. It's a assassin high school. Yeah, it's amazing. And it, the premise should not work. And it's set in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And it knows it. We will not podcast that. No, but like I just wanted to put I that out there. I need to like it. If you're looking for a new show and Magicians is coming back soon. <gasps> Magicians. Mahitians. Mahitians. And of course, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So Nine-Nine. Like, those are actually three things that we will never podcast. I want to love them forever. I want to just love them just to love them. Uh, but but we yeah. will talk about them. Yes. Yes. We need like, we do like random revelries. Yeah. We, we want to get back into like. Well, I like being the, on more of our feet well i want to do more of the random stuff yeah the the seasons just get so it's so bogged down yeah yeah um so yeah so if <laughs> on that note if you have anything random that you uh, like a new show that you really like or whatever like we plan on doing a uh random revelries sometime soonish um plus we can always talk about like we need to stuff like D and shit we need to like build an agenda yeah we do start making a list Checking it twice. Uh-huh. Trying to find out. We're, we're past that, though. Oh. We're just, a, you're like a week late Damn for it. that. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks.